0: What's going on, big time? man. All right, good to see you.
1: Good to see you, man. Been a while, been a long time.
0: It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute, man. How you been?
1: Good, doing real good, man. Thank you for doing the sit down with Mark. I really appreciate
0: it. You're you're welcome, man. Anytime, anytime.
1: I ain't gonna hold you too long. I'm gonna jump right into these questions, man. And and hang on with me for about two minutes after we're done.
0: Sure. Um,
1: Coach, talk about your journey to becoming a head coach. Man,
0: that my journey. Lord have mercy. <laughs> All right, uh, my I heard journey. a speech about the, the Murray State days. Yeah, that you know what? Really, the basketball piece really didn't play that big of a role. That was more of a, like a personal goal for myself in regards to goals or things I had set for myself personally. Because my the goal was to, to play professionally which I've had opportunities to do that, but, you know, uh, I chose to do put family before my own personal goals. I, that's one thing God humbled me with. Uh, and I had, to, you know, sacrifice and put things, um, that I wanted to do for myself on the back burner, man. Cause you know, I, I should have been a head coach a way long time ago, yeah. uh, but hey, you know, it's, it's even sweeter now that I've had to wait. So, um, so really my, the, my journey started technically with AAU. I started, I want to say, when I gave up um, basketball. It was like, when I left Murray State, I transferred to UNC Charlotte. So I had the opportunity, um, actually, I, I had the opportunity to go to a school called Georgetown. So there's two mm-hmm. Georgetowns. a lot of people don't know this. So there's a Division two georgetown that's pretty uh as a major a high major Division two school that they're normally in the final four just about every year It's a Division two school that that was gonna offer me a full ride and i you know I just had my son and I decided to you know I was at a point in my life like you know I didn't want my son to grow up without me being around and you know I had the uh opportunity to be there for my dad had the opportunity to be there for me and, and my family. So I grew up, you know, with both parents. So, you know, that was a decision I had to make. So at that point, I just decided to put the, hit the stop button on basketball. Um, so what ended up happening, you know, I, I still kind of flirted with basketball a little bit. So when I was at Charlotte, I actually had an opportunity to walk on at Charlotte. But, you know, what happens, and I think a lot of people forget, is that and if you had never played at the college level, timing timing matters. So when you're playing at a, a certain at a certain level, you're playing at a certain speed. Um, your timing, your skills erode, and um, you get to you know play individual and ball at Mary, So you get used to playing against against a certain level of talent. So when you're not able to sharpen your skill like that against uh, that talent on a day to day basis. When you try to jump out there and you play with guys that uh, that are at that level, it's humbling because you you forget how competitive it was, how good you used to be, and you know that's when I was like, you know what, it would would require me again to. It just remind reminded me that you know I had to cut everything off in of my life just to get back, go down that path again. I think a lot of people don't understand how much sacrifice and how Many things you had to cut off in your life in order to just to be just to make a college team, let alone be play and um get playing time at the developmental level. People don't even understand that um, until you actually go through that fire and you realize how competitive it is. So like my once I just I, I just said, you know what, I'm done. I said, let me just go and get my degree. And I realized, you know, I love basketball so much. I was like, you know, I, it's hard, that feeling every year. Once you get, once you, you you play at that level, it's hard to make that feeling go away. So I had this internal clock in, built into me that every summer, I would say right around July, late July, this internal clock will go off of me in regards to preparing myself for preseason basketball, uh, Get preparing myself for the season. And I had to remind myself, yeah, man, you're not playing ball anymore. So, so it would frustrate me. So I'm like, man, how can I solve this? Like I need to be able to take all this energy that I have because I'll find myself going to the gym, working out, but I'm like, man, I'm not playing anymore. What the hell am I going to do with myself? So I had a guy, and a lot of people don't know this. So the head coach of uh Liberty Heights High School, mm-hmm. I met a guy by the name of Mike Wright. And um I would give him credit. Mike Wright uh is doing big things right now in Charlotte. So I think it was like my senior year, right before I was graduated. I met him. Um I was working part-time, I think at, at the Johnston YMCA. Um and he was just getting ready to graduate West Shark from West Shark, Charlotte, because he played basketball there. And um, we were just talking one day, you know, when you're around guys, of like minds, and we both love basketball so much. And he's like a little brother to me, and we got a lot in common, and because um, we both love the game a lot. And, you know, I was trying to, you know, uh, he said he wanted to play college ball. You know, I was going to try to hook him up to where I went to school at. And he was like, man, you know, why well, don't you think about coaching, man? Like, and I was like, damn, I never thought of that. <laughs> so here it is. Here I am, 24, 25, and a guy 17. It was him. Mike Wright put that thought in my head. I never even thought of it, you know, because my mind was played. Yeah. Oh. And he put that thought in my head. So the head coach of Liberty Heights right now, mm-hmm. Mike Wright, um, um, who is like, man, he is when I say he is he's taken off. He really has. Um, he put that thought in my head. So this is where um, my journey actually began. So that's what led me into coaching. Um, I actually started did Y ball at um, the Johnson-YMCA. That was my first little head coaching job. (laughs) And then I, exactly, YMCA. And then I did that. I went from that. And I think it was right after he told me that I did that. And, like, I want to say, he told me that in the fall. I did that in the fall. And then I think it was, like, 2000. No, 1990. No, it was, I want to say it was 2000, right after 9-11. I had that job. I want to say it was 2002, fall of 2002. And then I uh I did AAU for the Heads Up Hurricanes in Charlotte with a guy named by the name of Reggie. I forgot his name, but he owned a barbershop. And, um and I got in the AU, and that's when I fell in love with it because I was like, man, now I found a way to steal, it's like I'm still in basketball, mm-hmm. but um I realized, okay, I, I got a passion for it. I always knew I had it from a player's perspective, but I wanted to be able to help uh, those who had the same passion help them fulfill their their dreams, which led me to I moved back home with my son and his mother, and um, this is where I got the opportunity um, over Andrews. That's why you know, yeah. I ended up being you, Craig, uh, Marcus Gilchrist, Kellen Brand, and it, it was, man, after that, that, that took that, I took off after that because yeah. <laughs> uh, working with uh, James Abel, who honestly, man, he's the best coach I've ever worked with to date, by by far. Yeah. And I've I've been around some great coaches, including college. I don't think Coach Abel knows how how great he is. He's yeah. that he's yeah, great dude, of a coach.
1: He was he was smart, he was smart with it. Coach is. What's the most important character building qualities to teach your players. Um,
0: trust, trust, and you know, you've I've always been like that. Uh, trust, um, respect, and hard work, man. Like, and that trust and loyalty, trust and loyalty, respect, and hard work. Because if, if, if a player If I could trust you, you're loyal, and you're going to put in the work, man, the the sky's the limit. I mean, I think about being at Andrews, and I think about the the talent that we had. If some guys would have bought in and would have been loyal. I want to say they were loyal, but they were, like, think about the guys like Keep the wig. It was, it was
1: about two like or three years
0: where he he could have championships and Andrews. Yes, uh, yes. Abel's game plan was bulletproof, but yes. we, we needed guys that were willing to buy in in the classroom and, and translate that to the basketball court. Um, those those three qualities that that you gotta be gotta be able to trust the guy. Uh, you gotta be, you gotta be able to work hard, and you get, man, I mean, loyalty is is valuable, uh, to me because you got those three qualities, man. I mean, and that that's that's character, especially for a man. That means that means everything. Coach,
1: um, you spoke earlier about some of your role models. Who were some of
0: the influences growing up? Let me say, influence is just in sports or just in general. Either one. Um, in general, in general, I would say I would say something like Bill Cosby, uh, like a Different World, things like that. That those shows showed me that you Definitely, know that,
1: that gives you your college vibe.
0: Yeah, that that showed me as a young black male in, in in high school that that every black man wasn't a clown or a rapper. Um, it showed that the average black man is is intelligent, and that you can um you, you can be a doctor or a lawyer. You can go to school. Everybody don't got to be a dope dealer or a fool or a jokester, and um uh, and still be respected that that really mattered to me because you know um you know i come from a blue collar family we didn't you know i didn't grow up poor but we we weren't rich neither so um those shows like that was a reflection of how i i live my life um sports wise uh what really got me involved in basketball um, was I would say it was a guy I played high school ball with named Josh Pittman. I watched because uh, I was in the football. Actually, a lot of people don't know this, but I was in. I, so I Cowboys, yeah. Like I uh, <laughs> man, I was man, I was five. I'm five ten actually, so I was five ten wearing a size eleven in sixth grade. So I was, I was actually tall, like Craig. I was like, Craig's mm. size, but I stopped growing. Everybody caught up with me. So that's when I stopped playing football. And I was like, man, you know, I was punishing people, but then I started getting punished. That's why I was like, I got I to find a new hobby. And there's a guy I went to school with named Josh Pittman that I played ball with at East Forsyth. He's a little bit older than me. And um, I witnessed him playing, uh, working on his game one day the football practice. This is in East Winston. And um he's about six, four, six, four and a half, six, five. And I I was just enamored of how hard he worked and and how graceful he 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 reminded me of Kevin Durant. What you see what Kevin Durant is today. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. And I was like, damn, I wish I was. The first thing that came out of my mouth, I was like, damn, I wish I was damn 6'5". Like, this dude is, like, special. And I was like, I don't, you know, I ain't even really picked up a basketball, but I said, you know what? I want to be like that. I know I ain't going to be that tall, but Mm -hmm. I want to do what he's doing. And this is when I started watching basketball. I was watching the UNLV running Rebels. Like, I started, like, looking at guys like my size, like Anderson Hunt. Um, I was real big on. Um, and then Allen Iverson, like, that. When I saw Allen Iverson, bro, I was like, it was over for me. I was like, you know what? Which, you, you see number three in the back, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, got, I was like, when I was A.I., I was like, bro, it's a wrap. I So, it's like I took Josh, his hard work. And this is where I get hard work from. People don't understand, like, this dude – Imagine Keith the Wit working hard like Marcus Gilchrist. Yeah. That's Josh. And nobody having to ask him to do that. Mm. Keith the Wit will be a billionaire by now. Yeah. So Josh worked like that. And I tell guys, like, I've never seen somebody with all of that talent. Normally it's the opposite. Somebody that's that talented. Somebody got a big in the workout. They're always in trouble. He was the exact polar opposite. And that really, something about that really changed how I thought about sports. And it made me look at myself like, man, dang, you know, I'm, I really have a dude, is this great at what he does? It made me look at myself as an athlete, like, damn, you know, I really need to, if I want to be, I knew I was going to never be that good, but I said, I, if, if he was like, dude was like God level with it. I was like, man, if I could get he was in space. If I was like, if I can get stratosphere level with it, then I could play college ball. If I could just be on the same court with this dude, I could play college. That's the way in the era I grew up with mm-hmm. just playing on the same floor with a guy like that or another guy like Tyson Patterson, guys that, that are Hall of Famers at my high school, that that was respect, and you know that's that's different from what I see today. People run from that now. You know, people are afraid of competition, and when we grew up, we ran to it. Yeah. Got your ass busted. Hey, back to the drawing board. You got to yeah. figure it out. Like like Wiley e. Coyote, you catch yeah. the road runner today. You got to go back and figure out, man. How can I get him. it done? I get to him.
1: Cool. While you was at Andrews, I met you as a student manager. Um, what coaching
0: or life lessons did you learn that you still hold by at? Um man, Abel taught me a lot, man. Abel taught me a lot about myself. Um life lessons. He taught me about the game of basketball, how to coach. Like I, I knew the game from a player's perspective, but I didn't know uh I didn't know how to run a program. I didn't know um uh situational basketball. Um I didn't understand uh, when I say situational, when to call a timeout, right. um when uh when to stop stop the bleeding when you're in trouble yeah. to, to keep a team from beating you, um, when you got momentum. Um, Being able to articulate, one of the great things I learned from Abel, James Abel, was communication. Because I already had, I was already good with you all and building relationships, but the one key piece that I was missing earlier on was being able to communicate what we needed to have done to where everybody understood it. that's one of the great things that I learned from him is being able to take uh, what the objective of what the overall objective of what we needed to do to win the ball game, to build a successful program to where everybody understood it and was able to collectively uh, execute that. That was one of the major things that I, uh, I learned from Abel. Um, I learned how to be professional, be a professional coach. And he and he taught me, he, he taught me how to uh how to kick people, kick people's ass. And and to be, it's a I've always that's one of the things I think we we got a lot in common. Like I had an arrogance about myself, but a respectful arrogance. But on the coaching side, he taught me how to be uh it's like a respectful arrogance. Like I just like kicking people's asses. I got used to that. Like at Andrews, it was normal. Stomp people's guts in, yeah. and it's like who else want to get beat down? Mm-hmm. And that's that that really um, helped me understand understand um, how to develop talent too as well. Like we already had talent there, but some guys weren't as talented as others. So he taught me how to drills on how to teach guards. But then also Coach Robinson, too, and forgive me for this, but Coach Robinson, I mean, I was blessed to be in both of their presences. So we, we you talking about one of to me, one of the best high school coaches I've ever been around. And then you talking about another one of the best high school coaches and one of the best girls coaches right now at the mm-hmm. college division one yeah, level. Period. I yeah. don't care what the – you mm-hmm. but, Genie Om, or- or Geno Omri, Orema, Coach yeah. Robinson, like that, and he taught me how to coach bigs. So I learned diversity. So I, I learned how to coach guards and big and big. So technically, I only knew how to coach, uh, the guards my first year, and Able forced me. I never forget this. Like my second year with Robinson, when I come up from JB, he mm-hmm. taught me how to um. So, hey, man, go down there with the goal. I mean, go down there with the bigs, with Terrell. You need to learn how to coach bigs. And I was like, man, you know, I'm young. Like, why? And I got down there, and he's showing me, Terrell was showing me things in the defense. And I learned defense from Coach Robertson, too. Collective defensive drills. Like, I've learned, I was blessed to be around. I mean, if these both of these men were coaching high school basketball, man, they'd be winning state championship rings. They on on all five fingers. They have rings on all five fingers. Um, this is why I I attribute a lot of my success being able to go to QEA and the success mm. we had there for one year and being able to go to Glenn. because when I went to Glenn, Glenn had a ton of talent. Mm. Not not uh high point Andrews level, but it was it was I would say close but somewhat close. But We were losing like, and and Andrews, we lose four or five games. That's a losing season to us. Yeah, we twenty, we (laughs) twenty and we twenty four and two and three or something. People mad about that. Yeah. So see, Abel taught me that excellence. Yeah. We lose the three games and people pissed off. And I got the Glenn, and we losing. We was what, fifteen or sixteen, and what? 12 I was angry my first year like I've never lost like that but I learned humility too one of the great things I learned at at Glen was humility that hey you know every situation you may not always walk into it every situation is going to be uh different so I think Abel and Coach Robinson prepared me for that situation and I knew what it took to be uh to be at the support Coach Ganey, and um, Coach uh, James.
1: Coach, last question. For the student-athletes that will eventually go on to play overseas or some going to college after high school, what advice
0: and uh, what are things they should expect? Um, for student-athletes that are going to play ball at the, uh, the next level, I mean, to be honest with you, expect the unexpected. Truthfully, especially talking about playing college basketball, Nothing's promised. Um, um, the only thing that you can promise is that if you put in the time and the, and the, the work yourself, but you got to bet on yourself because if you don't, that's one thing I I I knew initially being able to start as a freshman, a true freshman at Murray State, that I you had to put in the time. I had blinders on. I had blinders because I, I come from a high school where, hell, I didn't even start. But what, but I was so used to playing with guys that were, you know, I, the point guard that was starting over me, he was all state. He's the best point guard in North Carolina in 1996. Uh, Josh Pippen, the year that left, he was all state. You know, deep, Division One. like, these guys were super great. So I was already, sharpened or dipped in the fire so it's kind of like don't let it's okay to be arrogant somewhat but don't don't lose your focus is another thing don't don't forget like that just because you got to where you desire to be that um not to continue to work hard because it's another guy or another young lady that, that wanted 10 times ten times harder than you. And they're a better athlete, got better grades, um, may be in a better situation than you. Um, they may got a better connection or better relationship with the coach. And what people don't realize, at the college level, it's a business, man. I don't think people realize that. So it's a true story. Um, I started as a true freshman. I earned it. Um, but I got comfortable and, and I'm thinking like, you know, it's like high school, you know, I'm the better player. Everybody on the team knows it. Um, you know, um, we're, we're winning. We, we were dog, dog, you know what the previous year and, you know, Hey, it is what it is. The guard, the, Upperclassman's job that I took, he breaks my nose in practice on purpose. This is what a lot of uh, student athletes don't understand. You have upperclassmen that will fight you. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I'm being dead serious that some upperclassmen will be willing to fight you over that position physically, whether it's in practice or have to practice or do it right. practice. So um he elbowed me broke my nose. I still gotta crack in my crack my nose all the way up here to my orbital. So I uh uh mind you I was out now this is prior to all this the, the face mask and all that so you had to be out and I was out for like I wanna say like two months like I had a deviated septum dude like I was almost out for the year because I, I, it was like close to my, my bones almost could have been touching my brain. It's like cracked pretty good. And um, didn't have to have surgery, but they had to restrain my nose. I had to have outpatient surgery. I had to restrain my nose. I had to put some type of thing over the top of my face and my nose was draining. Like now mind you, I'm a, people don't understand this. I'm away from my parents. First time I've never been had have surgery and on anything I'm away from my people. Um, I'm having surgery with people out like hell I don't even know who the hell these people are. Um, and I had my a star position um, on my way to be you know freshman newcomer of the year, which I still ended up getting it. But um, I think they just gave it to me just to give it to me. But um, I was like. I even look back at that to like what my what my career would have been um, if that wouldn't have happened and you know I got you know I um I healed up I come back I'm thinking hey slide over <laughs> <laughs> nah it would I, I told like I told you it's one thing that I learned as a player from my college coach as a coach now. It's about trust. What have you done for me here recently? I don't care what you did for me three or four months ago. Can you replicate what you've done for me yesterday? And the guy who broke my nose, he just started to play good. So here I am in practice trying to battle him back. But remember I told you, I was out for two months. Um, yeah, I could pick up a ball, which I couldn't play physically, so I lost weight. I wasn't up but about 149 pounds, but I picked up, I got up to about 165, but then I lost weight, dropped that back down to about 147, and um, because I could, wasn't physically active like that. So dealing with being depressed, because I wasn't playing mm-hmm. psychologically, I was pissed, you know, um, I want to get back because I, you know, dude broke my nose mm. and had to break us apart, mm. which I did get my get back, by the way, I did. <laughs> yeah, I had, get, I had to get there. You're going to make me sit out? Well, I'm, I'm going to get even, one way or another. But then, you know, I wasn't able, I and, and what's crazy, I wasn't able to start the rest of the year. I was coming off six man. And I asked coach at the end of the year, and he said, you know, son, it was tough on him. Because I, I, was, I was at the point where I was pissed. Like, I, I actually went and worked out with Winston-Salem State that summer. And I was – the Coach Hanger, who was the coach at Winston-Salem State, they wanted me to transfer. And I was – I was this close to saying, you, you didn't know what, I'm gone.' You didn't have a game and, spot? Say so what now? Nah, I didn't get my top five back. The rest of the year, nope. He honestly, he it was cycle. It was it. it was timing. I lost my timing, my confidence, because once I had my nose broken, I, my swagger. This is what they. This when you're at that level, the 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 speed of the game, and once you get a couple of games under your belt and you get your confidence. It's like the game slows down and you're able to see everything. And, and I was so confident in, my, in myself because I was so used to playing with guys like Tyson, Josh. I was used to it. So I was used to playing with guys that were already the D1. So what this wasn't new to me. So I was already, this why I was telling you, sharpen your talent, sharpen your talent against guys that are already great. So when I go out and I play against guys, that were below that level or, or close to it, man. I've already, this ain't new to me. You don't scare me. I don't care if you're six, nine, whatever. Man, I a guy playing home that's and you see 10 times better than you. So and he he making he making money in Puerto Rico. He a killer for real. You nothing to me. That's the way, that's how I psychologically. So it when I got hurt, it was like it was hard. So now I can empathize. What I mean by that. I can put myself self in other student athlete shoes or a professional athlete shoes when you get hurt. It's hard to recover from that, man, and get back to where you once were because people expect you to be that guy. And, like, man, I there were a couple games, like, I, we scrimmaged Texas, TU Texas, mm-hmm. uh, Texas Pan Am, mm-hmm. and I was hooping, like, dudes twice my size. And I was like, I had gotten a couple of letters from, um, I got a letter from, uh, what was the school? Texas a and uh, questionnaire. Like, this was like a, a low, I will say a mid, low, mid major. This was like my freshman year. Because I guess somebody must have been at that game.
1: right?
0: And I did okay. I did pretty good. And my, man, my, my, my I still got that, I still I still got that in the box to this day. My confidence was through the roof, but I already knew that playing with guys like a Tyson Patterson, Josh Pittman, William Butler, like I I got guys like we talking about guys I grew up with that were man way better than me. And this is what I tell young student athletes, like, man, surround yourself with guys that are better than you. Because that's how you become great. Because if you surround yourself with guys that are on level with you, you can't get any better. Um, you, in order to get better, you have to surround yourself with guys that are better than you. And preferably way better than you. And this is how you become great. You don't get great or you don't become great um, by beating up on bums. You sharpen your uh tool or your uh your skill set against guys that are better and preferably better, way better. So, I mean that in a, in, a, in a nutshell, just and just stick, stay, stay the course, and don't make the mistake I made. Don't don't become satisfied. I got relaxed and it could be gone just like that injury. You know um. And, you know, I had the same thing happen my sophomore year. This time it wasn't an elbow. I had a uh, drop foot like a flashing tendinitis. End up, I started my sophomore year and and my um, arch fought, fell. Mm-hmm. This is why I tell you it's a business. My um, coach, Coach Mike St. John, he recruited coach. a guy. I mean, mm-hmm. guy looks just like me. Coach, um go ahead and give me your give me your ending because I'm on a timeline.
1: But yeah. we're gonna talk after you done. Um I appreciate you to uh, sitting down with me though.